So you guys have picked a great day to be in God's house. We're going to be resuming a message, part three of Kingdom Culture today. Y'all say it with me, Kingdom Culture. And man, we're going to be on part three of that today. We took a little break last week because last week was Father's Day. So I'm excited to get back on track and pick up where we left off. We have been talking about what God says his children should look like, what he says his children, how we should live and operate. Because that little word, culture, it's, a, it's kind of a trendy word, but that word means so much, right? Culture, it defines a people. Do you know that? Culture defines a people. And so people who live in, within the same culture, they generally speak the same. They generally look the same. They generally walk and act and talk the same. And so God's people, he wants us to look, sound, act, live the same. I'm not saying that there's no individuality. He wants every person to be individual. Do you get what I'm saying? But he wants us to do life the way God says. God wants his culture to really be manifested in the earth. Heaven's culture manifested in the earth. How do we do that? Through the body, through the church, through you and through me, through your life, at your workplace, with your family, with your kids. Kingdom culture, it's an attitude. It is an expectation. It's an attitude that says, God so loved that he gave everything to me. Everything that I need is available to me. And because I'm so thankful, I want that for every other person. It's an attitude. It's not a prideful attitude. It's a confident attitude that says, I know that I know that I know that God is for me. It's a culture. And we got to get that culture ingrained in us as we go out into the world. God, he wants us to shine, be the light of the world. He wants us to be the salt of the earth. It's an attitude. Kingdom culture is an expectation. Man, who is excited, expecting for God to do the next thing? See, it got real quiet. Do you know your excitement and your expectation is your job? Hey, I'll help you on Sundays. That's part of my job as a pastor. Keep you fired up. Keep you excited keep you expecting, keep you praying. But hey, when you leave these, these doors and you go back to your life, your expectation and your excitement is your job. Amen. Are you excited about your faith? Yes. Are you excited about God? Yes. Are you excited about who he is and what he's doing? Watch this. When we're excited and when we walk in that attitude of love, mercy, and grace, and confidence in who our God is, and you're excited about who God is, You'll inspire others Amen. to do the same. That's the kingdom culture we're talking about. So I want to open God's word together today. I'm going to skip all of our recap points. We had a couple on our outline there for time's sake. If you missed any of our messages, go to our app, go to our social media pages. You can catch up for time's sake. I'm not going to dive into that. I kind of just rehashed some of that as we were opening here. But I want to look at our foundational scripture that we've, we've been using as we kick this off Four weeks ago now. So look at Mark. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. So it says, Now after John was put in prison, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, 
Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the what? Kingdom of God. We're talking about kingdom culture, God's kingdom, right? And he said this, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time for God's kingdom is now. Say that with me. Now. Put that in the chat if you're watching with us. Is now. Jesus said that over 2,000 years ago that the kingdom of God is at hand. And it's the same. God is still wanting the kingdom of God to manifest now. Today. How do we do that? By faith, following God, listening to God, doing what God has said, going to where God calls us. And if that's true, if the kingdom of God is at hand, kingdom culture, God's church, God's children, God's people, we have to be, we have to have an attitude, we have to be excited, but we have to be moving expediently. We have, there has to be a supernatural momentum and energy that we, we operate in and live in and move in because if the kingdom of God is now, that means time is running out. So if you're just doing life, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll get to that next week. Y'all, and I'm guilty of that. Pastor Jessica says, hey, we need to, I'm like, can we do that tomorrow? Tomorrow may not come. If you're waiting to get right with God tomorrow or next week or next month, you're not living you're not just not living with purpose and, and the fullness of Christ. You're missing out on the fullness of Christ, but you're missing the fact that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's now. And if it's now, you're missing something because you're not seeing how important it is that you are staying within the guidelines and the will of God for your life. Because you, you don't have to believe me, but every one of us one day is going to die. We all think it ain't going to happen to me, right? It's not going to happen to me. You may think, I'm going to die. I got 70 years, and some of us have 30 years, and maybe some of us have 20, 10, 5. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. Your day could come tomorrow. The kingdom of God is now. So let's capture now. Who wants to capture now? Lift your hand. I need some faith-filled hands. Let's capture now. And you know what happens when we capture now? Tomorrow takes care of itself. When you capture the, God, the now moment, God's now moment, when you repent now, when you get up and go forward now, tomorrow takes care of itself. Praise God. So look at that first point. So when we left off in part two, we talked about the four manifestations of the kingdom of God within the earth. We said that there's the four were that they're internal, they're spiritual, physical, and eternal. So when we left you off, we talked about how the kingdom of God is internal. God begins, a spiritual work within us always starts where? Internal. He begins to deal and work with our hearts, begins to deal and work on our minds. And so the kingdom of God is always starts internally with every single person. So we rehashed all of that. If, you're, if you missed that, like I said, you can, you can consume that message any way that you want online. So today we're going to move on to that second manifestation. We're going to talk about the spiritual. Say that with me. Spiritual. Okay, so that, look at that point. Look what it says. It says the kingdom of God is spiritual. When a person is born again, they are given access to God's realm in the spirit world and in his kingdom. Did you know if you're a born again believer, if you're a born again Christian, you're a child of God, 
Everything in your life is spiritual. Every decision that you make, everything touches everything when you invite the king of kings into your life. Jesus wants to live in your life. He wants to reside and live in your relationships with others. He wants to live and reside in your bank account. He wants you to honor him with the money that he gives you by giving by faith and your tithes at minimum, 10% of what you make, God declares his. Are you giving that tithe to a place you call your home church? I hope it's Liberty Church. And if you don't give your tithes, you ain't robbing from Liberty Church or Pastor Keith or me. You're robbing from God. You'll be accountable to that, not me. My tithes go before I even get paid. I, I, Jesus resides in the Westbrook's bank account because I believe by faith. Everything is spiritual. And when you let the leadership of the Holy Spirit lead your life in every area of your life, your relationships, your finances, your, your, your spiritual life in your, at your workplace with your kids, when the more you invite him into all the areas of your life, the more access you have to his life. Amen. Because if we only allow God in certain rooms of our life, certain areas, okay, God, I'm dealing with this addiction or I need you for this healing. There's always a point of contention that we come to God, we're like, I've had enough. God, I can't do this anymore. It may have been addiction or relationships. You got hurt, you needed healing. You had an area of life where you said, you know what, I need you, God. And he probably showed out. What happens is when he shows out, I just want to keep him contained in that area because I needed him for that. But over here, I'm like, good, God, I, I don't want you in over here. Am I reaching to somebody? I, I, I ain't cool with you coming over here and telling me how to spend my money. But I need your healing from cancer. God, I, I really want this thing that I'm praying and believing for, but you know what? I, I don't want to forgive that person that hurt me. Everything is spiritual. And because everything is spiritual, the more access that we grant him into our lives, the more access he grants to us, to the realm of the spirit, the heavenly places, the windows of heaven, opened over our lives. His kingdom come, his will be on earth as it is in heaven by relationship. What's your relationship on the daily look like with God? I bet if your relationship is thriving, you pray every day, you read your word every day, you try your best to please God every day, I bet you're granted access to things from heavenly places, revelation of God, because of your faith, because of your obedience. God is calling those that will actually answer. Amen. Who's ever got a phone call? And you got that phone call, you look, you see the name. Who's ever hit that ignore button? Don't lie in church. I try to call some of y'all. Y'all seen Pastor. Oh, snap. 
God is calling those that will actually answer. No matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, no matter what's going on, that, that believer understands that everything's spiritual and God's calling those people that will respond by faith. I can, you know what? So-and-so keeps answering my call every day. He's answering the call. So guess what? You get an in, influx of the access of heaven. You get, you get more opportunities to pray for people. You get more opportunities to believe. You get more opportunities because every time God calls, you answer. Where are we going, God? I answer. Well, what's going on? I answer. If you want to be used by God, you first got to answer the call. Amen. Access to heavenly places through our obedience and through our faith. The level of the access that you have, I don't know what it looks like today, but it's based on the level of relationship that you have. So if you don't like the access that you feel with your Savior, God the Father, with the Holy Spirit, what type of relationship do you have? Look at John 3, 3 through 6. <clears throat> Look what Jesus said about the kingdom of God. We use this scripture a lot for baptisms. He's actually speaking to a, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, and he's teaching and preaching. I believe Nicodemus was hungry for truth. I believe the Spirit of God was working on him. And Jesus is trying to, he's not going to compromise truth, but he's preaching right where Nicodemus is. He can do that to you, you know, wherever you're at. He can meet you. And so Jesus answered him and said this to him. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how, how can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's wombs and, and be born? Can I stop there for a second? I'm saying the kingdom of God, everything is spiritual. Nicodemus, is he's a student of the word. He's a Pharisee. He's a priest. What is he missing? He's using his natural eyes for something that is spiritual. He's missing it. If you're missing God, are you looking in the natural Ask the Holy Spirit to show me spiritually, God, what is, what is the answer? And look how Jesus responds. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit that he would send, he cannot enter. There's that word, enter, into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He said you must be born of the water and be born of the Spirit. Are there any born-again believers in the house? Amen. How many have been born baptized in water? I don't feel like it was quite as loud. If you have not been baptized by faith in the name of Jesus, get baptized. What's stopping you? Are you saying, I'll get baptized next month? I'll get baptized next year. We already, had, we already covered that, right? Today. Jesus said, to enter into the kingdom of God, you must be born first of water and of the Spirit. Are you born of the Spirit, but you've not been born again through the water, the baptism of Jesus Christ? To be partakers of the kingdom of God, you first got to be born of the kingdom of God. Amen. See, you can be living in sin. You can be a partaker of the world. You can be a partaker of fill in the blank. But you cannot be born of the kingdom of God. You can be partakers of this or that. 
But if you're not born of the kingdom of God, you can, on the outside, hear me, on the outside, you can watch the kingdom of God. You can say, you could even maybe notice that was God. God was working. That was awesome. That was pretty cool. You may even chalked it up as luck. Man, that was really lucky. You may have even said, oh, thank you, God. You can see and experience the miracles of God without being a partaker. Did you know that? What happens when you become a partaker when you're adopted into the family of God? Now you don't just get to watch the miracles. You get to be the miracles. Come on, somebody. Why would you want to stand back and watch the kingdom of God when you could enter into the kingdom of God and be part of something bigger, part of something better, part, part of something powerful and magnificent? So if you've just been standing back, you can even come to church and you can stand and, and watch worship and you can sit and hear me preach. You can sit back and watch and observe the kingdom of God all day long, every single day. But if you have not entered into the kingdom of God, what is stopping you? Because if you haven't entered in, there may be a sign that there's something wrong. And I, I don't mean that with, with judgment. I mean, there's, there's something sick inside of you. There's something, there's a hurt, there's a doubt, there's a fear, there's an anxiety that the enemy is using against you to keep you from entering into God's fullness and his plan and his purpose that he has for you. And you'll even talk yourself into, ah, I'm good. I go to church. Going to church does not make you a child of God. It's a step. But I hope you're hearing me today. You, you need to be, you don't just need to be an attendee of a church. You need to be a member of his church. What do I mean? A body part, a body member, a partaker. Because that's what kingdom culture is. We are all part of the same. Y'all say that with me? Same body. And Jesus is the head of that body. Look at that next point. In God's kingdom, we have access to the presence of, of God. Can I get a hallelujah? When you give him access, you get access to his presence. There's no greater gift. The presence, the peace, the power, the provision of God, all in a moment when you grant him access to your life of the heavenly realms and of the new covenant between God and his people. Being a child of God grants us complete access to his presence, to his covenant, and to his kingdom. That's why Jesus came, so that we no longer have to live according to the rules, the regulations, the law, because we've proven that we can't live it out. It was still good. God didn't mess up. It was all part of his plan. Jesus fulfilled that law to show us how imperfect we are because he never sinned. He fulfilled the law to a T. He dotted all the I's, and then he went to the cross as a sacrifice for our sins to cover us, granting us complete access to heaven, to the new covenant forgiven by mercy and grace, and complete access to Jesus. You have complete access to everything that you need. Everything is spiritual. We all have problems. We all have issues. We all have something that we're fighting. We all have a mountain staring us in the face. I don't know what it is today. You do. 
You have complete access to everything that you need to conquer that mountain. Why are you not taking advantage of that complete access? We're so spoiled, you know that? We're living in the day and age that prophets from old, prophets from the Old Testament, men of faith, men of God prayed and declared for the Messiah to come. He done came, and we are living in the wake of his glory and the blessing, so to speak, of how good we have it. You got it so made, and you don't even know. You are so spoiled, and you don't even know because you continue to compare your life to your neighbor's and compare your, the things that you have, the things that you don't have to your neighbors, and you compare your news feed to your neighbors, and you compare your posts to your neighbors, and you are every day, every second that takes by, you're living in the mercy and the grace and the glory of God. Come on, somebody. Why are we not thankful? God, forgive us. Being led astray every day, chasing my flesh and its evil desires, chasing this thing, chasing that relationship, chasing that job, chasing that dollar. I believe it grieves God's heart because we're so blessed that we become spoiled. And all the blessings that we have, we don't even chalk them up as blessings from God. We chalk it up to our own personal hard work and our own determination and those are good things you need to work hard you need to have determination you need to have faith but you need to be thankful i bet every one of us had food in the pantry today if you didn't come see me if you really need help we'll help you but i bet you had food in the pantry you obviously had gas in your car to get to church you had a car no matter what it looks like if it works praise god you got a family that loves and cares about you. you got friends that love and care about you, whether you want to believe it or not. In God's kingdom, we have access to the presence of God, the heavenly realm, the new covenant between God and his people. Look at Hebrews 4, 6, and I want to skip to Hebrews 9. Hebrews is the, the book, the chapter of Jesus. Really throughout the whole book, there's a theme of Jesus being the new covenant, our new high priest. Jesus is all you need. In the old covenant, you needed an actual physical priest to mediate between you and God. They stood in the gap. You told them your sins. You brought sacrifices to make you right with God, and they received those for you on your behalf. Now you have access to Jesus every single second, every minute, every hour of every day. He mediates for you. That's a better covenant, right? I can be forgiven now. I don't have to wait until the, the feast of unleavened bread or the feast of whatever feast they had a million of them, right? To, to get right with God. I can get right with God now. Look at verse 16, Hebrews 4. It says, let us therefore come boldly. Somebody say boldly. Y'all boldly. sound boldly. He said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need, even if you've sinned, if you've fallen short, if you've, if something's going on in your life, you're hiding this thing from God. You can still, because of Jesus, he was, he was the lion and the lamb. Come on, somebody, because he was bold as a lion to save you for sin and for all the things that you've done. You can boldly come to that same throne of mercy and grace. The Bible says he's faithful and that to forgive you of your transgressions, of your sins. He says he cast your sins as far away as from the east is to the west. 
You can boldly come to God's throne even in your sin. Even in your sin. You can boldly come and ask for forgiveness. Now, I don't truly believe you're forgiven based upon a prayer. That's a starting place. It takes faith. I believe forgiveness happens by what transpires after you get up from saying that prayer. Your forgiveness happens based on what happens after you get up from saying that prayer. Because you can get stuck in this thing, and oh, and the enemy loved to keep you there. Oh, I can just keep on sinning because I can just pray and ask God to forgive me. If there's no sincerity in the prayer, then you won't change the way you live. But if you have real regret, real sorrow, real repentance for the things you've done, you'll change the way you live. And I would say you're forgiven based on how you live your life. But you can boldly come no matter what it looks like today. You can boldly come, ask forgiveness, then you can boldly get up, can I get an amen? Boldly come and ask and then boldly get up and go. Boldly come and ask and then boldly get up and go. It's going to take courage. It's going to take faith for God to begin that supernatural work in your life to change that thing that he calls sin. Look at Hebrews 9 now. Skip over to chapter 9, verse 15. It says, that is why he, the one, Jesus, mediates a new covenant between God and his people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free. He came to set you free from that thing. From the penalty of sins they had committed under the first covenant. John 8, 36 says, who the Son sets free is indeed. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus came to, to, to call all those who are called to receive that eternal inheritance and the thing that God promised them, the kingdom of God, his will on earth as it is in heaven for all those who will believe and follow him. And God's kingdom, who the Son sets free, is free indeed. In God's kingdom, his culture, People actually get set free. I said actually get set free. How does the world do freedom? There ain't none. It indoctrinates you into slavery. You want that car? You can get that car. But you will become a slave for that thing that you want because your neighbor has that car. You want this or that or freedom for this or that. Well, just read this book. Just, you just need a $5.99 membership and we'll send, you, we'll send you information and material for you to read for your mental well-being and for your, your holistic health and wisdom from the world and you will be a slave to the membership of the things that you think can set you free. In God's kingdom, people actually, come on somebody, get set free. Jesus Christ set me free from my addictions, from my sins, from myself, from my behavior, from my addiction to drugs, alcohol, pornography. You fill in the break. Jesus Christ set me free. How do I know I've been set free? Because Ian no longer has to look over my back 
like this. When I used to try and do it myself, some of y'all maybe can, can relate to this. You tried to, you tried to c- quit a cold turkey, right? I'm just going to do right. I, and you do right for like a day or a week or a month. And, but as time goes on, you start looking back like, when's it coming? When's the fall going to come? I'm just, when's the attack coming? You know what? I, I don't live that way no more. I don't struggle with wanting to go to the liquor store. Never. I don't, I don't say that pridefully. I say that boldly and confidently because who the Son sets free is free indeed. He can do that for you. If you want to stop living like this, looking over your shoulder, living in trepidation, when's the fall going to come? When's the next attack going to come? When's, that is not peace. That is not how God calls you to live. You can be free. In kingdom culture, God's culture, his people get set free. Look at that next point. When you get set free, Jesus gives you, we're talking about complete access. When you get set free, Jesus gives you the keys, guys. All the keys. The keys for everything that you need. He gives us the keys to the kingdom of God. These keys gives us the power and authority to bring heaven to where? Earth. God's desire is that his culture would take over the earth. Our obedience establishes on earth what Jesus has already established in heaven. We're going to read it in Matthew 16. Did you know Jesus said you have the power to bind and loose? He said, I give you the keys and the power and authority that I have from heaven to you. You have the power. You have the authority. You have all the keys. Think of this. God has entrusted you with his keys. He's entrusted you with the kingdom of God to bring heaven to earth. That blows my mind. He entrusted creation to bring heaven to earth. So are you using the keys that he gave you? I need a volunteer. If I don't get one, I'm going to pick one. Who? Jimmy, you coming? Everybody give Jimmy a hand. <laughs> brother Jimmy, I love you, sir. Love you, brother. Come over here front and center. We'll get right here on the floor. Jimmy, what if I told you? These are all Pastor Ian's keys. I got the key to my house. Wow. You can... You can use this key anytime you want. You can go sleep on my couch, sleep in my bed if you want. Help yourself to anything in my fridge. Amen. Okay, that key's in my house. This key's in my car. You can drive it whenever you want. Now, I don't know where it'll be, but you got the key. All right. You ain't got to put gas in it. I'll put gas in it for you. Hallelujah. You drive it wherever you want, leave it wherever you want, right? I'll give you the key to it. Oh, this key here is the church. Amen. You can get into the, this campus, the Arab campus, downtown campus, any room in the whole church, you can, you can use it. Do whatever you want in there. Oh, this key right here goes in my gun cabinet. Help yourself to any of my guns. All right. And it even opens up the bottom for all the ammo. So if you want to use the ammo for those guns. Amen? 
Amen. They're your keys. Hallelujah. All right. I love you. I love you. They're your keys. All right. <laughs> All right. Hold up. Hold up. Come back. What if I told you that what I just did with Jimmy here, God has done infinitesimal to you. Every single day, you have kingdom keys through the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have the key to peace, power, provision. You have the, the, the key to wisdom, knowledge, the key to, to prophesy, the key to pray, the key to have faith the key to have supernatural energy. And the only thing that matters is, see, if I just give him the keys, he has the keys. The only way he can unlock the blessing is if he actually uses them. Amen. You have the keys. Are you using them? And here's the one thing that I'm going to say that God will never say. Jimmy? I need those keys back. <laughs> Love you. God will never take back the keys that he gave you. Amen. Give Jimmy a hand. I came for another reason. Oh, God. Can you get a microphone? Can you give him a microphone? I don't, I don't really want to. I came for another reason. Thank you so much for that. I came because God has something to be said today. Everything that Ian has said sounds good. How many of you, like I years ago, says it don't make sense? It sounds good, and I want that. It don't make sense. I promise you today, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it'll never make sense in this world. It'll only make sense when you come and ask, like Nicodemus, how does that happen? It happens when you meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Then, you may have a million questions, but you'll never ask that. You'll never ask, are you really real? Are you the truth? Are you the way? Are you the light? You'll never ask that question again. And you'll always know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And you will have those keys. And if you let him, he'll guide you into how to use good is great knowledge, it's worthless unless you have the wisdom from God to know how to use it. Amen. Thank you. Love you, sir. You want to finish my message for me? Preaching fire down. Praise God. Who's glad you came to church today? Amen. Let's look at Matthew 16, 18 through 19. I want to show you what Jesus said. So now I said he's talking to Peter, which means rock. So upon this rock I'll build my church, and all the powers of hell won't conquer it, prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. The keys were not just for Peter. He used Peter, but the keys are for everybody, and he don't take them back. He gave them. All the keys come with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Only faith is required. And whatever you unlock with those keys, 
is open to you. What's the point of a key? To unlock, to open. So if you have a door that you feel is closed to you, man, you got the key. You got the keys. You just by faith have to use them. We got last point for today. Talking about faith and obedience. Our obedience is by faith, and by faith we enter into the heavenly realm, the kingdom of God. We hear what the Father is saying, and we see what the Father is doing. By faith we go out into the world saying and doing what we hear and see the Father doing. That's the expectation. That's the attitude that kingdom culture presents. That's how children of God live. I want to know what God said, so I'm diligent to be in prayer, so I can hear him. I want to know what God sees, so I'm diligent to be in a strong, tight relationship with him so I can see what God sees. I can, when I see what God sees, I see my problems and my situations in a whole different level of importance. The thing I think is so important, when I see what God sees, I see it's not that important. And I see the thing that I may be overlooking might be the most important thing. But it all comes through my faith and my obedience to establish that strong relationship with God. We can only enter into the kingdom of God, as Jesus said, by faith. And faith without is dead. So faith starts with a belief, but it's manifested by what you do. You can't just say, I believe in Jesus and get to go to heaven. You have to say, I believe in Jesus, and then I believe Jesus stands by and says, oh, you do, do you? Well, then show me. Follow me. Quit doing that. Start doing this. Quit cussing. (laughs) Say that instead. Right? If you believe in me, then show me. If you believe in Jesus, show him. Faith is how we see and hear what God sees and hears. Faith is how we go and do what God says to go and do. Look at John 10, 9. Jesus said, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. So there's faith without works is dead. You could just see the gate. You could recognize Jesus as the gate. But until you actually, by faith, do something by moving and entering in, moving from your sin, moving from your doubt into God's kingdom through the gate, then it says you'll be saved. They will freely go and freely come and will find good pastures. Is that things that's holding you back? Nothing can compare to what God can fulfill you with. Nothing can satisfy like Jesus. Look at that last scripture, John 14, 12 through 13. As I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will, will do, it says. Do the same works I have done and even greater works. How is that even possible? Because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I'll do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Whoever believes will do the same works and even greater works, Jesus said. I told the CR folks a couple weeks ago, I I got to come hang out with our CR folks. 
I actually used the scripture and I said, greater works sound crazy and awesome and amazing. And I don't know how that's possible because Jesus is like the pinnacle, but Jesus said it. But before I try and go down a bunch of rabbit holes and loopholes and trying to figure the question out to that answer, let's just get good and faithful at doing the same works. If we can get faithful and good at doing the same works, then maybe we can talk about the greater ones. All right. God is interested in those that will actually answer the call. I know this about same works as Jesus and greater works than Jesus. They are all spiritual works. Everything that you do, if you do it the same as Jesus, it will be spiritual. And if it's greater than Jesus, not all that's possible, it'll be a spiritual work. The kingdom of God is spiritual. God is always looking to perform a spiritual work in the lives of those who will come see and believe. Amen. He wants to do a spiritual work in every area of your life. Nothing too big, nothing too small. And he wants you to have good pastures, to freely come and freely go, to enter in through that gate, who is Jesus. Amen. Y'all pray with me. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this word. I thank you for kingdom culture and what it means. We should not be doing life the way the world does because everything is spiritual. I pray that our souls are on good terms with the King of Kings today. I pray that we are in the pasture, not on the outside of the pasture, looking at those who are in the pasture. God's desire is to have every person in this room, every person joining us, watching us online, to be in the pasture the sheep with the shepherd. So if you're here today, I want you to do business with God. I want you to ask him that question. God, right now, ask him, God, am I in the pasture? God, am I in the pasture with you, the shepherd? Or God, have I been faking this thing? I put on a face, I put on appearances. I may say the right thing, may look the part, talk the part, but deep down inside, you know you're not in the pasture. You're on the outside looking in. So if you're in the pasture, I want you to pray for those that are lost right now, please. If you're in the pasture, I want you to pray for those that are on the outside because it's not a matter of being right or wrong. Those that are in the pasture, you're not right. And those that are you on the outside of the pasture, you're not wrong. It grieves, I want you to see this, it grieves God's heart. If you're on the outside of the pasture, you look in the in-pasture and you're saying, oh, but they think they, they got it all. and they, It's not that way at all. It grieves God's heart if you feel like you're on the outside looking in. God wants you to enter in. And so if you want to enter in today, man, it can change your life. If you want to enter into the kingdom of God through the gate, name Jesus. I want you right now. Don't be shy. You got nothing to lose. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to stand up right now. 
I, I, I don't care if you said a prayer 20 years ago. It matters where you are right now. And if the Holy Spirit is revealing to your heart right now that you're on the outside looking in, you need to change that. Right now, I want you to stand up or raise your hand and say, hey, I want to enter in. I want to enter into a relationship with God right now. A few seconds, a few moments to change your life forever. If you're joining us online, put something in the chat. Let us know you're saying that prayer. Let us know you're, you're making that decision to be born again by faith in Jesus. And I want to lead us on a prayer. I want you guys to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. Thank you that you're a good father. We accept your son, Jesus. We believe that he's Lord and Savior of my life. I confess that he's my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. And send your Holy Spirit to lead my life into the future you have for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Sorry I went a little long, but I love you very much, okay? You are officially dismissed. Y'all have a great, safe Sunday, a great, safe rest of your weekend. We love you and can't wait to see you again next week.